Welcome to the Better with Brock podcast. I'm here with Barry Conrad. How's it going, man? It's good. How are you? I'm great. Mr. Buck. (laughs) (laughs) I just tried to do an intro and completely failed. I said the Better with Buck podcast. That was awesome. Yeah, vegetables just always on my mind. I just love them. Mm -hmm. And Mm. ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. So can you give us a bit of an intro, what you do, who you are, Mm -hmm. elevator pitch type of thing. Okay, 30, 60 seconds, just to give everyone an idea. Cool. Uh, I'm Barry Conrad. I'm an actor and singer-songwriter living in Sydney. I am South African born, New Zealand citizen still. And I've known Brock for a long time now, so mm. this is good to be on the, on your show finally and have a have a chat. I don't know you're a New Zealand citizen. I'm still a Kiwi, man. I, w- when we moved, Kia ora, <laughs> Kia ora, bro. Oh, bro. Oh, <laughs> but uh, when we left South Africa, we had to give up our citizenship, so yeah. I don't have dual. Mm. So, but I'm about to become an Australian. Uh, I'm doing I, it. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. How's the process? Well, I mean, this is not really interesting for the pod, but... I find it interesting. Do you? That's well, all that matters. That's all that matters. From the 1st of July, they've changed the law. So it makes it easier for Kiwis to have a straight pathway to citizenship. So it's going to be... Much, you don't have to be like a permanent resident first. You can just jump straight in and apply. So right. from the 1st of July this year. Right. Sounds like it. that's when I'm going to apply. Because <laughs> I need to do it now that I have a daughter. I feel like it, it makes more sense. Like mm. I didn't really have a reason to do it beforehand. I was just like... I'm cool just to be a Kiwi hanging out in, in New Zealand. But like, I remember when we were buying our place, mm. I was on like a certain visa subclass 440 or something. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I had to pay more or something like that. If I was an Aussie citizen, I would have paid less. So if I want to expand, I guess I should get to it. Yeah. Um, That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to travel, get those those mm. uh, grants and everything. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, about time too. Yeah. So what are you doing now? Like you've you've been on TV shows, you've done mm-hmm. theater, you've done reality TV. Hmm? <laughs> like, what are you doing now? Uh, what are you working on? Yeah, well, I just actually finished filming uh, for a new TV series coming out on SBS called Erotic Stories. It's very adult, mm. Dif- something different to Neighbors and Home and and things like that. But it's something different, a change of pace. And then I also just finished a podcast series called we are lonely and it's about connection so i'm i'm a mentor for this amazing guy alex harmo who is a philosophy student and also went viral on tiktok with his first video and so dealing with like the effects of fame and notoriety and how they can cause isolation so it's really interesting mm-hmm. walking through that process with him so the mentor situation with the podcast and then filming that new acting role doing that and then i've launched my own show banter with bc as well Mm. so that's that's been really cool and yeah just doing you know endorsements and ambassadorships and a bit of travel and eating a lot of food along the way oh man you sound very busy (laughs) you're busy (laughs) to take it back to that first um Mm -hmm. uh the first guy that you said sorry i forgot his name on um the tiktok guy sorry what was his name alex hamo alex hamo yeah what video went viral i'd love to know so because sorry there was a point in tiktok where there's still viral videos but there was definitely a point where you could almost post anything and it would go bonkers like when the pro, uh the platform was very new yeah but like was it recent it, it was semi-recent but he he'd never been on the platform before mm. and he didn't necessarily hashtag anything or it wasn't anything sensational he just gave his opinion about sort of like a half serious opinion about something you should check it out actually alex harmer on tiktok 
I'll let you decide. But he's like, I just put it out there with no expectation and then 200,000 views on that one, the first ever video yeah. on TikTok. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a lot. So after that, you come in with the mentorship. What do you advise him? Like, was he struggling with, I don't know, like, I guess being known or like messages mm. or being a guy who who put out heaps of, I don't know, who put out content that was big? Because mm. like, I, I know and you know, like being on TV or being on social media mm. a lot, being judged by others publicly mm. cannot be easy. So like, what were some words of wisdom that you gave him? Well, the reason why he came on the show was because of that notoriety from TikTok and not knowing how to deal with that coming from a background where he already struggled with a bit of depression, anxiety, mm. being away from his family, his roots, because he's part Algerian. So also being someone that's a person of color in like a mainly white society as well, it was a lot to navigate. So my role in the show is to help give him strategies. Mm. So learning how to get out of his head a bit work on perfectionism because he has such a high standard of himself um, disrupting his day so for example he might spend 10 hours in the library and see no one so even as something as simple as meeting someone for a coffee getting a feed mm. doing something like that making decisions about he's like i've got 10 ideas for for these videos like how do i decide what to do or take a step i think sometimes people can be so in their heads about to take any step they don't know what to do so my job so to speak was just to help normalize that for, first of all and to give him some strategies that are practical and for him to see someone <laughs> that is similar to him that can give him advice as well it's yeah. not like someone that's unrelatable or 80 and white or you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just like giving some random advice but there's also a psychologist it's not my job to fix yeah our job to fix anyone it's more mm. like a mouthpiece <clears throat> and guide and but he's such a cool guy yeah, but I think there's a balance of advice that mm. is uh, backed by research, evidence-based and all of that. And then there's mm. also the anecdote or the experience. Yeah. And I think that that's where people kind of go wrong with like, oh, it's evidence-based or like this is what the research says because I think that being evidence-based is mixing that with like what you've experienced because mm. that's what kind of also brings evidence. Like, you know, yes, studies. And then mm. there's like, well, this is what my experience like tells me. And one thing that I've... I guess I've developed tough skin or thick skin, I should say, or like toughness and mm. resilience from stuff like that because you lose so much time like reading comments mm -hmm. and TikTok is crazy for comments. I did a few videos that went really bonkers as well. Like, mm. like one of them's got like 7 million views and I was... What? What, was it? what were you talking about? Yeah, I was, I was giving glute advice <laughs> and like... All these, yeah. all these women just like jumped on it. And I was like, whoa, like I looked and I was like, no, like it's like millions of views. Mm. Like in a day it had 1 million views. And then over time it's just been like growing and growing and growing. And it's just been going crazy. It was, and it's like how to get an hourglass body. Cause there's so mm. many young, young women that are like following these workouts and these workouts are just, they're ab workouts. Mm. And they're saying, this is an hourglass body. If you do this, you know, like it's going to help you grow your glutes. I'm like, there was no glute exercise done. Yeah. And all I'm doing is just giving my opinion, which is the same thing. I wasn't being radical. Mm. I didn't have my shirt off doing like backflips and yeah. I wasn't swearing hardcore. I was just being myself, but I was mm -hmm. like, okay, like this is the workout and this is what I think. And yeah, it just got like heaps of heaps of, 
like comments like there's like yeah mm. like thousands and you could lose a lot of time diving into them and thankfully most of them were positive but there are some negative ones like i did one that was kind of like a joke yeah uh recently and i'm getting ripped apart daily so i don't go into that comment section yeah. <laughs> and i go into others but like like it was it was kind of like a joke like there was this workout that was like lying in your bed and Dude, I, what were you doing yeah <laughs> no 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 no. Okay. I, I was reacting yeah, to yeah. it and like yeah. it was a bed workout and it was like you know and and the image is like this lady lying on her phone on mm. her stomach and like kicking her legs up and down and saying like you know like do this and then like cross your legs but you're still on your back Oh, sorry, on your stomach, on your phone, like lying down on your bed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was like, instead of this workout, step off your bed, turn to the left and walk to the gym. You know, like just as a joke. And everyone's like, you know, like you're so like not sensitive to others. Like, Come you know, on. like there's people with disabilities that can't get out of their bed. Like they can do this. And then people are going like, yeah, I've done this and I got amazing results. And I'm like, man, clearly this video wasn't for you. Like I'm not here to try and make people feel bad that yeah. aren't physically able to do that. Yeah. But yeah, it's such a, I don't know, like if, if I didn't have the tools or say, let's say had been on reality TV before mm-hmm. where I'm just like, have, <laughs> had to yeah. like block out people. I don't think I would have handled that well. Yeah. Like, cause like people are swearing at me saying you're like so dumb and you're effing this and effing that. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, whatever, like, um, oh, oh did the table just- I, I think I just pressed the button accidentally. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> but, don't include exercise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to yeah, go yeah. down to finishing a squat. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, it's a um, it's a it's a tricky place. Like, how did you deal with being on TV, reality TV? Like, did like did you have any pushback? Did you have like was it all positive and like that's awesome, or like did you have to go through some things? I definitely went through a lot of things, and it was one of those situations where even on social media, it was before it was a thing, really, 2013. So. I had like an Instagram and Facebook, but it wasn't for any particular reason other than just to be on it. Mm. And being on the show, just the opinions that people would have. Some people, no, no profile photo, like trolling hard. Like, you're, you're not talented at all. You can't sing for shit. Or like, you know, you, you look terrible. Or, or then religious people from my past saying, I can't believe you're dancing with chicks around you and like half, you know, with no clothes on. I'm like, man, you know what? So it was a lot. It was like an assault mm. of all my senses and I had to sort of step back and not... It's so tempting as well because human nature, you want to know, am I accepted? Do people like me? What do they think? I put a lot of work into that performance. But the trick is, you know, it's like that element's on on the stove and it's hot and you're still touching it. Mm. You're still going to get burnt. Mm. So I had to really... And it's never-ending. Even now, if I'm tired... It's easy to be to look at good comments for dopamine hits, mm. or but then jarringly you'll get something out of nowhere and just say, "Man, like who you know one or like," and that can really get you get mm. me down because I'm a words person, yeah, as well. So even knowingly and knowing what my strengths and weaknesses are, I still go in and, and look at them sometimes when I know I shouldn't, but I, I'm much better now. But it's it's hard because there's no rule book for it. Yeah, as well, you know. Yeah, I think that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, and. I think, so like if we go back, yeah, say, you know, like way, 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 way back in the day, we were mm. used to having feedback from peers and like maximum 50 people, let's say back in the village days or something like that. But now we have these people, like we have tens of thousands, if, if not millions, like depending mm. on what platform you're on. 
whether it's TV, whether it's reality TV, whether it's whatever, social media, like people can just chime in from anywhere. And then we have to deal with like what a thousand people think of us. And it's like, it's, it's so hard. And, mm. and what you think is cool is different to what I might think is cool. Yeah. And yeah, you have to kind of just, <laughs> yeah, read it or not read it. Um, yeah. I think uh, one thing that's really cool that Gary Vee says is like, don't listen to the hate, but also don't listen to the positives mm. because, and then that kind of keeps you level headed because like you're saying, it's easy to go, if you know I posted really well and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll check those comments and reply mm-hmm. to them and be like, yeah, yeah. Man, that is insightful. I am pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. Or I am really talented and then avoid the other ones. Mm. I think the tricky thing about that is when part of your job mm. involves social media, you want to also know how it's performing. So part of that is necessary. So trying to separate that can be a challenge because you want to measure growth somehow <laughs> without like taking the emotion out of things as well and and looking at the good and bad as you said like i try not to read reviews for that reason Mm. because good or bad you don't want to be pushed around by people's opinions even when i did neighbors i played a bad boy on the on the show and this mom i'll never forget (laughs) i was at this festival and she came up with her son and she's like you're a bad influence like you know it's such a bad i'm watching the show with my kid can i have a selfie (laughs) <laughs> so, she, so she she like went at me but still took a photo it was just it's just weird people think you are the character that you play it's just mm. perception's powerful so and, powerful and 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 it's hard to separate because like for us it's like it's personal it's us mm. it's not something that we've built mm. and when people judge it they don't go like oh that thing that you created was terrible it's like you're terrible yeah and i think that's the challenging thing like man even when i just walk around there's 14 year old 12 year olds 10 year olds like Mm. almost vlogging their life you know posting stories and stuff like that i'm like man like i wasn't doing that when i was that age yeah but i'm like like they're putting so much out there Mm. and if people say something it's directly to them it's like it's it's your face or it's your voice or it's your acting or it's your i don't know whatever you're doing Mm. your work but it's yeah i i find it hard to separate i think it'd be easier if i created chairs or something and people said oh that chair is like (laughs) disgusting and i'll be like that's fine it's not me at least i'm not disgusting Mm -hmm. but like yeah like to go back to that video that i did on tiktok like i'm the the thing that's disgusting so how (laughs) how do you how do you handle like comments now i think and this kind of touches on what we talked about on banter with bc like going through tough things, mm. like I mentioned, losing my mom was like very tough. You get this huge perspective of what's important. And like thinking about what someone in America thinks about my opinion is like so small. Mm. And I've never really struggled with that since, since well, I was 12. So like, I guess I wasn't on social media before I was 12, but, or judged publicly. I just never thought about how significant that was mm. because there's other significant things to worry about. And I feel like that's what really helps you get through that. You know, like you've been through a similar thing. Um, and I find that people that can separate themselves have bigger problems. Um, and I'm not saying that people that struggle with that don't have big problems and just need to do more and like get over it. But I feel like getting a glimpse of like what really challenging times are mm. gives you perspective. Yeah, what do you do when you i guess have negative comments or anything like that like do you have any systems in place that you automatically do or do you just like can you handle it or do you have to like dwell on it do you talk to people i think when i'm doing doing the things i think when i'm doing the things every day that i know is going to help set my day up 
it's easier to to look at whatever it's mm. easier to look at both positive and negative comments mm. but when i'm tired when i know i haven't been eating well or exercising and i'm i revert to my natural bad habits or you know the old ways of thinking and then i'm just taken out more so uh, it's still hard to see negative comments but i also mm. realize they're not paying my rent they're not you know mm. like i can't take them with me yeah it's also it also comes with the territory the path that i've chosen mm. is making peace with that the path that i've chosen is going to have positive and negative feedback is huge because no one's forcing me to do it yeah. like quit then so <laughs> yeah it's just, just part stop of the posting yeah. it's just part of the job like mm. to be in the arena like having the fights playing the sports like you you're gonna get feedback you're gonna get opinions mm. and to not get opinions like just sit on the couch and just do nothing and not mm. engage with life or people mm. you know so yeah when i was on the voice yeah and i got eliminated <laughs> i was i was pretty devastated to be honest and i didn't think i would be as devastated as i was because previously i had been on x factor with morehouse and i know what <laughs> getting eliminated was like yeah and i bored my eyes out on stage like i Really? Yeah, I didn't expect that to hit me so hard too. Hmm. I guess I feel, I think I'm I think I I think I'm tougher than I am. Yeah. But yeah, so like I remember on X like that I was the the person that was just like bawling bawling my eyes out. Um and Ginny was there. Ginny Blackmore Ginny, was yeah, there. Yeah. And I remember like <laughs> I didn't know her too well, but I was like hugging her crying. <laughs> I was oh, like, man, man, what am I doing? What's going on here? And I couldn't stop for ages. Like I didn't talk to anyone. Um and I remember the night that we got eliminated. It, like even though we still came forth, we still got signed to Sony and, mm. I, and I knew that was going to happen, I was just devastated because I felt like there's been, like there'd been so much work put up to it. Mm. I'm so invested in it and then it kind of just like falls flat on its face, but also it's in front of all of New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just like cried myself to sleep that night. All the boys went out like, they're like, oh, we're going out for dinner and I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to hang out in the room. <laughs> and I just cried. like, I just <laughs> cried, man. I was like, I'm just yeah. going to go to sleep and I like, I, I probably fell asleep at like eight or nine o'clock. Yeah cried my eyes out and then the next morning i was like all good mm. sometimes like for me i just need a really good cry mm. and then i'm good yeah um so so when i was on the voice solo this time without the boys i thought oh i'd be okay you know yeah. but um i didn't bore my eyes out but i, I felt really confused and and really like what do you mean kind of just like what just happened mm. and because i wasn't too invested in music i was like like this isn't really going to be my thing but i mm. But then you're still giving it your best and you're still in front of Australia, which is like a lot bigger than New Zealand. So I was like, oh man. So, And then I had this, I think the word's complex, but I, I was like, I, I was on TV, kind of like the singer mm. doing interviews and in the magazines and doing yeah. um, like visual interviews on YouTube and all this kind of stuff. And then I was just going to go back to being a personal trainer in the gym. I was like, like, like one thought, I was like, how embarrassing. But yeah. then on the other side, I was like, I was doing it before, so what the hell so yeah. i was kind of like that so i i canceled my clients for the next three days because i was doing i was working through the voice too which i think it, like you know not that i'm looking for sympathy or anything but like that's like a lot of people don't understand that like mm. the voice doesn't take that long to record mm. like you might be there for two hours and then you're out and then you might go back for three hours and then you're back and then you just go in for an interview and you're back so like i was still waking up at like 4 a.m doing clients from like 6 to 12 doing an interview from like, you know, one to three, yeah. coming back, working from like five to nine. Like I was still grinding. Um, and I was like, yeah, I guess I was like tired and exhausted and like, and then getting eliminated in front of everyone. I was, I took three days off, canceled my clients for the rest of the week. And then I just kind of sat at home and just thought, <laughs> I was just like, just I need, thought. yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I didn't really 
like sit on my phone or I just kind of like put on music and sit mm. around. I didn't really leave the house, I, like maybe just to work out, but I just really wanted to sort out my life. Yeah. It, it, it felt weird because I was semi-invested into music and then I met Kelly Rowland and mm. then I was like, whoa, this world is like so big that like that like the potential the gravity of that situation could have been huge like oh maybe she'll invite me back to america like yeah, all these yeah, thoughts yeah, kind of yeah. go but then on the other side maybe nothing changes and you're just the same person that mm. was just on a reality tv show and you have to move on and that's kind of like what happened to me it definitely helped with like being known and being seen on, mm. on on tv but yeah it was just this kind of big weird kind of thing and i i didn't know how to do it i definitely cried to like <laughs> help deal with yeah. it but at the end i was just like okay it is what it is but i felt to deal with that i needed time mm. and space and i called people and i talked to people but i also needed to just sit there and think yeah which i feel is really hard to do these days with phones and with like busy lives and stuff like that how did you deal with being eliminated yeah, um, going on and off TV because, yeah. you know, you were yeah, yeah, on, yeah, 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 all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, um, well, with X Factor, I I had done, I had flirted with reality TV before. I'm not going to mention any shows, but yeah, I decided within myself, I'm never doing that again. It's mm. not my thing because I was at a crossroads, like, do I still even want to be a performer in any way? At that time, I was like, yeah. I'd been around, I was like hustling hard like seeing background vocals touring writing for people da, 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 da. it's tiring to do you know especially when it's not always like an immediate payoff and mm. so doing that while my second mom was sick at the time she encouraged me actually just go for it because i said no to the show someone that we know was working with the producers and he's like oh you should come and audition and i actually didn't turn up to the audition the first one I was having steak with my mates in Darling Harbour and he's like, bro, isn't your audition today? I'm like, yep. I actually didn't turn up. And then it was a day later where I spoke to Audrey again and she was in a bad way, my second mom. And she's like, you have to do it. You just have to go for whatever you want to do. Just put it, put yourself out there, life short, you know? Mm. And I gathered my tail from between my legs and I was like, is that still available for me to come? And they flew me down for the very final day of auditions in Melbourne did it got in and just went for it and um it was an amazing experience it was the hardest thing and and the best thing that i've one of the best things that i've done because i lost my second mom the very first day of when filming started for the boot camp but then equally i got an amazing platform from it i learned so much because it's a pressure cooker of performing live um met some amazing friends but when i was eliminated mm. um <sighs> It wasn't as hard as maybe what I thought because I had lost Audrey. I actually felt more empowered, mm. which sounds really like a bullshit answer, but it's it's. I'm being honest with that. No, I can see how you that, know. I can see that. And I also, I'm resourceful. I got eliminated. I was in the top ten and everything. It was which is great. I was in the top ten, which is great. And then also there was a tour for the top five, which I wasn't part of. And I just you know I'm like I need to be on this tour, so I just hit people up. And got on the tour and still so i grew my platform quite significantly at the time mm. i was able to use that and then monetize my interests so it was positive in that way i did get burger thrown at me though i was walking down, <laughs> down the street and like someone threw like a big mech at me i'm like wow so what? i know like you're why a, you're a piece of shit. you can't sing for shit. like you know you're wow. not talented who do you think you are stranger total stranger crazy it got to the point where so this is the aftermath 
where I wouldn't go to the movies before the lights, you know, went down, and Fair I wouldn't enough. and I wouldn't leave before the lights, you know. So that was my own projection because I was paranoid. I was afraid because mm. you don't know like who's gonna throw a. Bur- <laughs> it's funny now, <laughs> but at the time I was like, but it's it's uh, yeah at the time that's and not a waste funny, of man. a Big Mac too. Seriously, <laughs> man, what's that? Five hundred calories down the drain. And down the drain. I mean, you could have just given it to me, but also. You know, the tabloids were writing things about, you know, a love triangle between me and Danny Minogue and another contestant. It's just like... I got that too. You know, you know it is. To answer your question, it's a long-winded way of saying I didn't struggle as much with the elimination because of the loss of Audrey. Mm. And also it's a sting because, as you said, it's you're in front of the whole nation. So we all, we're trained to believe... Don't care what people think. Just you know, focus on you. But I think we're wired to for connection and to to care. It's okay to care. I think it just depends. It depends on what what you do with that and how you process it. But I, I mm. think it's naive to say don't care because how would we survive? It's not part of our yeah. survival. Yeah, I you know like I've so, struggled with that a lot. Like I've had a lot of people giving that advice too. Like just yeah. worry about you. Your own your own competitions in the mirror. You know yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I'm like. Like, I thrive off that. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important for me to be around, um, like, people that challenge me because, mm-hmm. or people that are better than me because then I, I actually rise up to that. Because um, I've tried, like, yeah, let's just be a better Brock. And, like, yeah. And for me, that doesn't work. Yeah. It's really hard. And it may not be the healthiest motivation. But, like, like for example, when mum passed away, I had the most motivational years of my life because I was like, I'm going to do you proud. And I still have that fire inside me, but I guess it's not as strong because 12 years have passed. Mm-hmm. But when that happened, I was doing anything and everything, staying up late, waking up early, not sleeping, doing all that. And, you know, maybe it's not the smartest way to go about it, but that motivation is what drove me. And then it's the same thing as in like, when I was a personal trainer, I would compare myself to other trainers in the room and say, how busy are they? How good are they? How can I be better? Um, so I think it can be healthy. I guess it just depends how you how you do it. I think it's not wise to do it to people that are on a different level to you. Mm. Like if they're in chapter 80 of their life and you're in chapter 30 yeah. and they have a house and three cars and this life that you like adore and, and, and they travel and then you're this like student that has no money and you're like, man, I'm a failure, you know? But mm-hmm. like they were like that when they were your age. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's when it gets dangerous like comparison and things like that i also think social media is incredible and also it's such a slippery slope when it comes to comparison because Mm. we all post mainly what i'd like to say generally our best moments or like highlights yeah and we know that logically but we still it's hard not to look like visually we're wired visually as men particularly Mm. if you can look at something your brain just automatically goes to comparison. So I get what you're saying about chapter 80 and chapter 30. I wonder if that would be different without social media and you're just meeting people and realizing that and having a conversation. Whereas looking, oh, I've got 10 Bentleys behind me and like, you know, like, yeah, you know, I grind, you sleep, like I, you sleep, yeah. I grind, all <laughs> yeah. the, you know, all that bullshit. So, so I think realizing that perception is very 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 powerful and don't underestimate what you're looking at like even with who i follow i had to unfollow a lot of people because not because they're bad people but because you got to know your weaknesses 
And if it's hard to look at that, if it's going to send you down a spiral of comparison, just don't look at it. Mm. Or for me, for example, I try not to schedule time on social media, almost like with my fasting. So like I have a window, jump in, do the work, get out. Because if I start doom scrolling, man, then then I get into my head, well, they got like better abs or they're like more successful with the acting roles or yeah. they can sing better. It's like, it's not, yeah, it's silly. Yeah, yeah. that's tricky, man. Um, I posted a, mm. a photo and a video yesterday. So, mm. so yesterday I was playing around with video editing apps and photo editing apps and i managed to edit like my chest bigger arms bigger lats bigger and i put it oh my phone's recording yeah, sorry man. yeah yeah but um it's subtle difference mm. but i look like a lot more muscular and mm. like if men saw it it would be more desirable like mm-hmm. um or more um aspirational or more yeah. motivational and more like oh see that coach he's huge i want to look like him like yeah and it's not too different, but it's different enough to mm. slowly skew someone's perspective. And I think that's the danger of it. Like, and that's with, like with editing and you can, vid, um, you can edit videos now. Like that's crazy. That's like, a trip. Yeah, man. So I went into this app. Yeah. And like, it was like, click, it was like waste. So, and I'll just slide this thing up and down and my waist was getting bigger and smaller. On a video. On a video. Yeah. So I posted it. Check out my Instagram after this. Um, or I'll show you. And yeah, I could slide it up and down. Same with like my butt. So you, you click this like butt thing. Yeah. And and, and, and like, I just did it for lols. Yeah. I was just like, okay, I'll make it bigger. I'll just see how I could make it so extreme. And then there was like enhance this thing and you can make the magnifier bigger or smaller. Yeah. And so I put it on my chest and just put like enhance and then my chest went bigger. Then I put it on my arms and then I made that bigger. And then it was like skin. So I made it smooth. And then it was like, it was like taller. So, so I hit taller and it just kind of like stretched my legs out a little bit, but still looked a little bit normal. But like, I just looked a little, and like, it's a big difference, but each one is like small. And if you just saw the video on its own, you'd think, man, this guy like is like, that's just him. Yeah. But I put them side by side so you could see the subtle difference. And it's tricky, man. Like you look at that and it's that whole chapter 30, chapter 80 thing. Like someone starting off their transformation just first day to the gym would look at, that edited video of Brock and go like, man, this is too much. Like I can't achieve that. I might just give up or like, Mm. wow, I want to be like him. But then that guy is a edited person. (laughs) That's that's not attainable, achievable Mm. naturally. Cause it makes you also look at then, I mean, a lot of celebrities out there who say, oh, this is my skin routine. But then people will say in the comments, yeah, post it without the filter. Cause they're, they're putting a filter on. I can't stand that. You know what I'm saying? Or it's, it's similar to even the Kardashians. Like, not calling them up, but people like that who people look up to, females mainly. Mm. But what if their videos are... Like, I had no idea you could even do that. Like, edit videos. I'm like, that is crazy. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, that blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like when you see the celebrity photos and they're like 2002, 2012, 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Th- like, you know, then you can start to see the differences. But I think we're kind of... <laughs> we're kind of throwing a lot of shade on social media or like not shade, but just like, I guess talking about the challenges of it. Yeah. What do you think the benefits are? Because like you were saying before, Mm. there's, it's like a double-edged sword. Like you can go down and doom scroll and feel terrible about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was actually reading a study. um, I'll get to the positive side soon. (laughs) But um, I was reading a study yesterday on filters and negative self image. Mm -hmm. And people use filters because they have a negative self image. And it makes them feel better about themselves when they post. Mm-hmm. And then other people, 
I guess, think that that's them. And then they, because they feel better about themselves, then they u- they have to keep using the filter. Yeah. But then their negative self-image keeps getting worse. But it's like weird, like their online persona is getting better or like mm. in- increased. Mm-hmm. But then their self-image and what they think of themselves is actually getting worse. Yeah. And it was is, is, it was showing that in the study and I'll, I'll put it somewhere like in the show notes or something. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I, I wish I had more like specifics, but it was just like, it was more of a spiral than anything else. Like, so, and I feel like the, and, and this is just me personally speaking, not what the study said, but you just kind of like, n- don't use it. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the best way for it. And mm. it's challenging because yeah, some people might feel like, well, I don't feel like posting if I can't use a filter or something like that. But then I think in the long term, it's not doing like it's not doing much for you. Like I feel like in the long term, it will just get worse and worse and worse because as we get older, we may need, like man, like people send me things like, oh, you should get Botox and stuff. They say that? Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to, man. I'm like, wowzers. Yeah, like this guy said to me the other day, he's like, oh, if only, because I just like shaved my head and I posted like getting a, like a shaved head. He's like, Mm. oh, if only you got Botox here and I got a filler here, like that would make you look so much better. And I was like, man, I can't People believe this guy. Yeah, I was like, this guy. number one, why would you send that? <laughs> and like, number two, mm. shut up, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. It's true. Like, like, you know, that's how you want to do it and stuff. But yeah, anyway, that's the kind of negative side out of there. Like, I feel like it can be a spiral, but it can also be beneficial. And ultimately, it's led to us doing work, mm. mm-hmm. doing jobs that yeah. we potentially wouldn't have been able to do like 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, like depending on which platforms you utilize. Yeah. Like, what would you say the biggest positive of, of like, I guess, putting your life out there publicly is? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is connection. And I've said that that word a lot during this podcast, but it's true. Mm. Like, you get to connect with people in a way that you might not ever get to do because it's mm. it makes the world so small. You can post one photo, one video with a message. And not to say that, I'm not trying to be a role model. It's not like, that's not what I mean. It's more, I can share my work. Mm. I can share my day. I can share the things that I find funny, uh, things I find meaningful, mm. things I'm, I feel strongly about as well. And I think that's one thing. Another thing is for me, it's I make an income from it. So it's part of my job, which is a privilege to be able to say. So connection, financially, keeping in touch with even like family and friends, it's, it's fun in that way. Um, I think as well, it can unify people around causes, around good mm. things, because there's so much happening in the world, as yeah. we know, which is an understatement. I think that's awesome for bringing people together around something. There are so many positives, and we have been talking about the struggles, yeah. because they're valid. But equally, it's it's such a an amazing luxury and privilege to have something like social media today. Like, we can just, with one click of a button, we can have such a positive effect on someone's life like mm. y- people that have come up to me saying you'll never know how much this meant to me or this song or this just this post that you you talked about this you don't you're not thinking about that when you're doing it you're just yeah, creating just doing and i thing. think that's really powerful really powerful. what about you i think one thing and this like once again ties into my work mm. when i was first becoming a personal trainer in auckland i was at queen street city fitness like that's where i started off and i was face to face and i mentioned auckland it'll tie back in later but i moved to gold coast and then i moved to sydney Mm -hmm. 
And by the time I'd moved to Sydney, I had gotten so busy I st- and people were messaging me, hey, can I tr- work with you and, and train with you? And I got this message from someone who was actually following me throughout the whole time while I was doing music and on X Factor and Morehouse and all this kind of stuff. And she was like, can you train me? And I was like, sure, you know, and I didn't even know how to do online personal training at the time, but I said yes, Hmm. because I'm kind of a say yes, figure it out later type of person. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not that I'm trying to like (laughs) scam anyone or like, you know, not have the chops to do it, but I was like, yeah, I can definitely do it. I just don't really, I didn't have a website or anything at the moment, but it was a Facebook message. And this, and this girl had anorexia and I was like, oh, like, Mm. I said yes, but I also said, like, you understand that this is not just a personal training, um, a solution. It's, uh, you know, like it's a team thing. And she's like, yeah, I have, you know, a psychologist and I have this and I have that. So she had a team and like even a nutritionist to try and, but they couldn't. Um, I guess communicate with her in an effective way for her to understand that she she needed to like ultimately and this is not trying to say that you know just eat more like Mm. you know it's not that simple but ultimately that's what would help her on her journey and trying to overcome obstacles of of food and good foods bad foods and Mm. and I think that's probably the most positive thing that has happened just like out of the top of my mind because I would never have the ability to help someone in a different country through that. And I'm not saying I'm solely responsible, but Mm. we achieved a transformation that was so unique. I've never had another one like that because she came from this position where she was severely underweight, Mm. where she came to a place where she was at a healthy weight Mm. and she was training and she was enjoying training and she she was no longer training to burn calories and just running just to smash herself and then Mm. under eat. Like she was like, oh... I like I'm I'm loving avocados at the moment and I was like yeah awesome you know like I was so cool. I was always so clear that I'm giving advice that is from a personal training perspective not a you know qualified mm. person to deal with anorexia but I was like I'll definitely jump in the team and help and it was so fulfilling giving feedback and like I would do a lot of video calls like with her and, and and like phone calls and stuff just to really get to the bottom of it not that I was once again qualified to do this but it was just so fulfilling to me and 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 that's what really stemmed or i guess founded mm. what i do today it's like on the back of that and even though i'm not like dealing with people in this specific situation mm. it's that feeling that i'm always chasing of like overcoming something and becoming better and and dealing with that so that has been a big positive for me like and i know that that's just my work but like I said before, I wouldn't have that opportunity if there was no Facebook because that's where it stemmed from. Mm. And then Instagram came because I was like you. I just had Facebook and Instagram just because. Yeah. Like I remember when it first came out, I just posted a photo with my friends at Sushi Cafe. Yeah. Like yeah. like yeah. we were just eating a rice ball and I was like, yeah, you know. Like, I was Tree. Like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it, it was like that. Yeah. It was just like, this is what I'm doing. Mm. And then when it started to have more of a purpose behind it and it was like, oh, well, like I have this knowledge base and I'm going to start sharing it. And then it, yeah, open me up to training people, you know, now, you know, all over the world and stuff like that. But that's probably the biggest positive for me is like, actually, I'll say it's added to my purpose in life, you know, where I, instead of coaching 20 to 30 people in a gym, Mm. which still has great purpose and meaning, Mm. I always felt like I was called to more Mm -hmm. and to help more people. So, you know, now I'm able to do that through social media. And that's probably been the biggest positive. Like I wake up, early and i i'm ready to go you know and 
if social media wasn't here i probably still would have that in a different job but it's yeah, yeah that's i'd say that's the biggest positive that's actually really powerful and when you were saying it's just my job i just was thinking it's not just your job like i think mm. it's it's so good that you have that you find meaning in what you do because a lot of people don't a mm. lot of people are just chasing paying their mortgage or whatever or mm. and they don't, they hate their job so it's it's so cool to hear that story i had no idea mm. about the anorexia situation and like with having your online clients do you have a cap of like how many you can take on because that's like a lot of emotional energy to them, <laughs> yeah right? how do you do that yeah so i like that's why i created different products yeah. so like when i first started i was just like i'll help you one-to-one mm. -one, like physically and and like even though it was online i was like i'll write your po program tailored to you so mm. you know if you're from asia or europe or you know africa i would contact you and we would like work together one-to-one -to -one. but yeah as as you know it's it's a lot like if I have someone with anorexia and like another person with, you know, obesity or another person with this that has mm. struggles with their family and trying to, eat, you know, then I'm just like this, you know, you, you kind of feel like a therapist more than anything yeah. sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of time and, and emotional toll. I've, I've always been very good at switching that off though. Like, that's good. Um, yeah. I, and what, what, I don't know how I got there. I think it, once again, it comes back to the whole losing my mum thing. Yeah. How do you, like, how I do you just, just turn that, that, that off? How do you get, you know? I like I really care about my clients like like while I was working but I think I was just so I've always been so busy and this could be a strength and a weakness but I think I was always so busy not to think about it like I was yeah. just like I'll deal with it when I like when it's in front of me because I'd finish work and I wouldn't sit down and think oh my client this and that like like even though I obviously care for them a lot and I would go over and beyond for them I was more like oh now I have to do this and now I have to post on social media now I have to write this caption now yeah. I have to write this email now I have to write a program and there was always this kind of like thing going on yeah what about like your work life I hate this question but I just I'm <laughs> yeah. curious like how do you yeah. work life balance like do you have a system that works for mm. you figuring it out yeah <laughs> figuring it out because <laughs> you're a busy boy yeah. yeah but i you know i i think a lot of people are busy i also think a lot of people aren't very effective with their time mm. it's kind of like half working half scrolling <laughs> sometimes man mm -hmm. side note i will answer your question but like my wife and i went to the chemist yesterday to look mm. for something for her daughter and she was on her phone behind the till first of all that that step one that annoys me and then she looked up like annoyed kind of like how long are you going to be and I was like, oh, do your job. Like, you're not getting paid to go on Instagram. So that annoys me. But mm. <laughs> yeah, frustrating. Mm -hmm. But in your, like this whole balance thing, like I think we're kind of, yeah, we're figuring it out. Like at the moment, because we have a daughter, she's fresh, she's like four months old and we're trying to figure out, you know, like for me, what time should I get up? And am I looking after the baby so my wife can go to the gym? Um, and she's amazing she's super understanding but yeah it's a journey man like i don't have much time for extracurricular activities like i'm not really kind of you know just mm. sitting around pondering a lot but it's yeah i don't think i've sorted it out and i don't think you ever do i think it's always kind of trying to figure it out it's about protina protina <laughs> yeah kettlebell yeah, yeah kettlebell <laughs> kettlebell with an e <laughs> that's such a great name yeah thanks it's just a combo of personal training and my baby um yeah i think i'm figuring it out you know it's it's always a it's a struggle you know sometimes things pop up 
and you know, and I'm like to my wife, you know, I have to work late or I have to mm. wake up early and go. Like last week, I had to wake up and and do some personal training in the city, so I mm. did that. And you know, sometimes things pop up, so it's it's never fixed. So I'd say my answer is like I'm not sorting. <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. not a work life balance where I'm happy. Yeah, but I don't think it ever is and it's really challenging when you love what you do yeah i think it'd be much easier if i had a nine to five and worked for someone to switch off and be like yeah like mm. I, I work 40 hours and then i'm just stuff work mm. i'm all family because work is on saturday and work is on sunday for me at the moment so yeah right. i'm trying to get to like a more official type of yeah work-life balance yeah. but it never really happens like i'm like oh, i'll just get home i'll post earlier and i'll just like you know from 6 p.m or from 7 p.m i'm mm. just all my family but then i'm like oh man someone just hit me up for a program yeah i'm just gonna write a program you know it's yeah how about you well do you well do you like switch up like do you have like a cap off like i'm no phone time now after for social media every day or do you is it kind of like whatever yeah i don't you don't okay i, I advise All other right. people to but and that sounds really <laughs> <laughs> i'm like <laughs> do as i say not as i do but, <laughs> but that but that's what yeah. i say like i'm completely honest yeah because i'm like you know like this is good i personally don't do that like sleep yep. seven to nine hours i'd love to like like it, like before the kid mm. i would do that a lot with my wife like we man we ended up having dinner at 5 p.m like bed by nine like we were locked in yeah wow and then now that's challenging and but i've never really slept that much so i've said to my clients like this is what you do i said personally i don't do this myself mm. I've got a lot of things to do. I try my best, but I usually don't hit it. And that's all I expect from them too. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with phones. I've always had this, I guess, sleeping talent where I can sleep wherever I <laughs> sleep wherever I like, yeah. need to. So I'm just like, like sometimes because I'm posting and stuff and getting back to DMs and mm. like it, it, it was bad. I'd always give the advice, like keep the bed for like sleeping and intimacy mm. and then keep, you know, like work for the desk or whatever. But you I'm, stuck to that, didn't you? <laughs> but <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm lying in bed yeah. doing story questions, like answering things. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like I'm not sticking to it, but I would like, I'd always be transparent. Like I'd never lie and say, guys, that's what I do. Like you should try it and mm -hmm. you'll be as great as me. I was like, man, yeah, I just do that. Like, and, some, and then I'll just sleep with my phone beside me, you know, but like now I, I do it. I leave it out there. And I come back into the room and it's like, you know, there's no phones and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's been a journey, man. There's mm. definitely like, I like the idea of the structure and this routine and, and like I go to work and then I stop working. And that's part of why, you know, I'm building the team Brock Ashby HQ so that yeah. it, it's a place where I like go, I smash it and then I leave and I'm like, mm. I'm kind of done. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a struggle. How about you, man? Have you, ha have you got a structure? Have you got a routine yeah well you know you. what when i my first job ever was working at a library i think i told you this before but when i was working there i found this book about seven habits of highly effective people that's the first book i've ever read really that I was the first that. book i ever read no yeah. way yeah. stephen covey yeah exactly Man, how good is that Woo. and so the big rocks and the pebbles and everything and this the schedule that has never left me and i've I change the terms and everything, but I to do make it more you. I do like structure. I feel like mm. there's more freedom within structure, but my personality as well, which I continue to work through, is I can catastrophize when the plan changes. And I'm way better now, but it just you got to realize like life happens and you can't control everything. I was such a control freak. I wouldn't engage with anything if I couldn't control the outcome, mm. and that bleeds into 
a schedule and program like man mm. like someone could be late or you could be late or maybe you're you couldn't put your jacket on when you were going across the stage or whatever it is you know <laughs> or you're seeing Cisco and they, and they say no <laughs> yeah forget your lines whatever so learning just to kind of go sometimes life just happens and it ties into what you're saying about it's constantly evolving it's just finding it's going ebb and flow trying to be wise about it trying to be mindful about it but realizing it's gonna the pendulum is always gonna swing and that's just life like you know it's exactly mm. and and sometimes i'm busier i don't like to say busy sometimes i'm busier sometimes i'm not so when i'm not as busy i can structure more but then you just gotta roll with the punches that's just the mm. industry i'm in too and but i do prefer like I have a schedule for every single day, even when I'm not on set or even if yeah. I'm not traveling. It just helps me to feel a sense of productivity and like I'm getting things done and not waiting or being passive because I'm very like driven. And, yeah, you know I mean? yeah. I think it, like to take it even further, mm. not saying that this is what you do, but I find a sense of purpose in routine mm-hmm. as well because I'm like, I have this thing to do. If I'm very like, oh, I'll just wake up and see what happens. I feel like I'm, I'm a bit of a mess. I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. And that's why I like having some like training every day or yeah. like going for 10,000 steps every day or like having these daily things that I do where I'm like, I have something to do. Because when I don't have anything to do, I don't, I don't think I'm the best, the best Brock that I can be. It's weird. I'm so yeah. used to doing things and f- I like the feeling of progress and yeah. feeling like something's happening. And when I don't have that, like the other day was my wife's birthday and it was so much fun with family and all that kind of stuff. But in the back of my head, I didn't do any exercise. Yeah. Like I didn't do jujitsu. I didn't train. And then the next day I felt off. I felt a bit flat. Mm. And then I like trained to do jujitsu on the same day and I felt amazing. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah, like, yeah. You know, this yeah. And like, it's a, it's a bit of an unhealthy perspective too. Cause it's like, bro, just enjoy your wife's birthday. Mm-hmm. And I did, but there's this sort of subcategory in my mind. That's like, Hey man, should we go lift some weights or do you think we could duck out for for an hour and just go with some weights? Like, yeah. Yeah, that kind of voice in the back of my head. I, I agree with you. I, I also find more of a sense of purpose with the routine. And over time, like I've learned to zoom out and kind of go, for example, if I'm going to New Zealand to see my family, usually there's a work thing in there. But if I zoom out and look at life, hopefully it's a long life, I go, you know what? maybe don't be as strict with your eating window Mm. or your training go hang out more because this is for a moment and then you're back to your normal work so Mm. it's about perspective as well because it can be so easy to feel insufficient or like you're not doing and it's the whole hustle culture thing and Mm. that's also yeah it's important to try to zoom out and also planning to do nothing is also good meaning like today i'm planning to have more social today i'm planning to I'm going to just like smash like a Big Mac combo with the McChicken, McSpicy, double quarter panda and like, let's go. Watch, like, let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like about, about having a perspective about it. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think that's an important thing that I've tried to do as well as like schedule mm. the fun things. Cause if you don't make time for them, they kind of just don't happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's crazy how like rigorous you can be with your schedule. Like I got work and then I'm going to do emails and I'm going to do a podcast and then I'm going to record this and that. And then, it's like, man, where's your wife time at? Or like, mm-hmm. you know, where's your friends, you know, seeing your friends in the movies time hmm. and stuff. And then it's like, oh, 
it just happens, you know, like, it, it yeah. might, but it doesn't. It and, doesn't. Then, and then you realize six months have gone and you haven't seen your like best friend or something like mm -hmm. that. It's, it, it's pretty dangerous. I, I, I want to quickly touch on your, on your fasting and like your nutrition and your training and stuff like that. Cause yeah. I know you're super into it mm. and you've tried certain things. And yeah. also maybe we can touch on your experience with food. Like I kind of touched on it with the bands with BC and I don't mm. want to repeat and just say the same information, but um, like, what are you currently doing with your food? Because obviously you're, I don't like the same, but it's kind of like your body is your business card yeah, yeah, type yeah. of thing, you know, like you have to, you know, be healthy and look after yourself. So what are you currently doing for that? So I currently, I do intermittent fasting. So mm. basically for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's basically just delaying when I start eating and I eat within a certain amount of time every day. Mm. But everyone fasts, like when you're sleeping, you're fasting. It, it's a way to tap into stored fat mm. and promotes autophagy, muscle growth. And I feel better personally. It's not for everyone. I feel giving my gut a rest is good. And it takes the, the decision fatigue out of like, what am I going to eat? No, no, no. Because I used to do the whole back in the day, six meals a day, body for life. I was Since I was 15, I was like right into everything. Yeah, I've done it all and haven't done keto though. Don't know about that. But don't, uh, don't bother. <laughs> um and then i for the longest time i, I did paleo that worked for me because i feel like genetically like i gained muscle really quickly with my business and my my job it, you got to be leaner like you don't have to be but it, it's affected my income and my job i'll never forget a bit of a sidebar when i first got into modeling and I turned up and it was like 18, 19 and I started to fill up a little bit more. Not fat by any means, but the agent said to me, perfection is desired, darling. You got to lose some weight. And that just like completely changed my life in that moment because I developed body dysmorphia for the longest time. And still to this day, if I'm not careful, I can get into diet brain. So that's a sidebar, but that's when I started eating paleo to sort of change my body shape. And then I got into intermittent fasting because I still want to eat what I want to eat. I'm a foodie. Mm, so <laughs> not everybody um, thinks that's a thing, but I, I love food so much and I don't want to give it up. Mm. So I'll, what I do do is when I'm filming something or I've got a shoot, I know what works for my body. So for me personally, I don't. you can eat whatever you want, ice cream guy. But if I eat, a lot of carbs, even the day before, I just look more puffy and just more inflamed. Mm. It's not fat. It's just what it is. Yeah. So I try to keep things pretty clean. Clean meaning like protein and vegetables like mushrooms, avocado. And then I'm just a bit more just tighter and just together and I can smash my shoot, do that. And then afterwards, I always reward myself with a treat. So I'll, after I have a shoot, I'll have something that I really want to eat. And it just keeps a bit more of a healthy. I don't think it's it's wise to restrict yourself from anything. Mm. You can still have what you want to have. But for me, the way to do that is with fasting. For some people, they can just have a cookie every two hours. I can't do that because I'll eat 20 bags. Though. So mm. that's what I do in, in terms of food. I mainly stick to a lot of steak, chicken, a lot of protein. Being South African, steak is our meat and chickens are vegetables. So <laughs> a, lot of, so a lot of protein. And then um, I do drink a, a lot of alcohol. To some people, I, I drink a couple glasses of wine at least most days with dinner, but I enjoy it. Mm. And I seem to metabolize it 
metabolize it quite well. I also train just three days a week in the gym, which is not much for like 25 to 30 minutes, which is not much. Mm. Um, genetically, it's worked for me. I know that I could do so much more and I do want to have like that role where I can beef up and get like as massive as I can. I'd love that. Mm. I've never had a PT. I'd, I'll have to hit you up at some point for that. But um, yeah, three times a week, move my like lifting, pushing tin, and then three times a week doing some sort of cardio. But it's not because of my one and a half lungs. I don't do long distance running anymore. I'll do hill sprints, so explosive, or I'll just comp compound my activities. And I'll listen to a podcast or think while walking. Mm. So that's my, my weekly, really. Mm. So what do you do in the 25, 30 minute lifting sessions? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. So I'm, I'll. I'm uh, not like analyzing yeah. everything. I'm just yeah. like, I just want to know. I feel judged. Um, <laughs> you I, shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't bench. I do uh, four sets of, I do four sets. So four sets of 30 push ups, uh, shoulder presses with 20 kg weights. I'll do dips and I'll do um, tricep. You know what that's called? Mm -hmm. That I'll do Skull my, my hammer, hammer curls and also barbell bicep curls and squats bodyweight squats i do weighted deadlifts mm. and ab work and i just get in and out i know it's like kind of laughable because it's not that long but it's worked for me i do want to step it up because i feel like that's quite you know i can feel myself plateauing a little bit but it's it's does the job for me at the moment and is it the same session each time or is it varied I've started doing more leg work because I want to get my legs looking a bit better. But it's usually the same. Mm. I do want to switch it up because, as you know, our bodies adapt pretty quickly. Yeah. So I do want to disrupt that a bit. But that's my daily sort of weekly yeah, si it, it, situation. It, it doesn't always have to be different exercises. Mm. I think that's one thing that people confuse with, with workouts is mm. that it needs to be different every single day. I think there's a benefit to changing it after four to six weeks because that gives you time to plateau. Mm. A plateau is a good thing. It's what you want. But then you have to change it after that or else you literally just stay at that plateau or potentially decrease. So I would like, sometimes you can go from say push-ups four to, you know, four times 30 reps or whatever. And you could do four times 35 like the next month. And that's even yeah. like, that's a difference there. Mm. I think that's one thing that's really underutilized with people because like even when I write programs and people are paying me to write programs and I write a program, they're like, oh, like how come I'm doing this and that? And I'm <laughs> like, not, I'm not coming from a place of arrogance, but I'm like, don't question the programming. Like they're like, oh, it's too simple. Like I'm only doing five exercises. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And I'm like, you don't have to do 10. Like you don't have to do F45 type sessions every day. If you want to do that, that's fine. But that's not how you kind of like structurally make progress. Like you yeah. have to do the same things. Like just like with singing, like if you're just trying to like learn every single thing with your singing every single day, you'll probably just be like kind of average. But if you're mm. really like, you know, this week I'm working on this, this week I'm working on that. And like you have strategy behind it. That's like the most effective, effective way to do it. But I think like, I think three days is, 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 is heaps. Sometimes four, three to four days a week. And, but usually in between I'll, have a break mm. like i'll give my body time to recover and the rest of it for me like i definitely and again this is just for me not preaching to anyone i definitely think fasting has just completely changed my body and the way i look like if mm. even in my 20s i was so much more stocky and like yeah. training way more mm. actually but i just think it has worked for me again like it's not for everyone 
Yeah. I struggled with it personally. Yeah. I tried it when I was when I was living in Auckland mm. and I was personal training. I I really struggled with with not thinking about food. So <laughs> so you said you're like it's all good because I just like don't worry about it. Like you don't have to think about breakfast and all that. Mm. But I would be like, because I was so hungry. <laughs> And yeah, and I think for me, I wasn't eating enough when I was eating, mm. and I was like, it's, I was overdoing it too for my level of activity, and like I was like training twice a day and all this kind yeah. of stuff, and I was trying to fast. I, I got to this point where I was trying to fast for like twenty two hours, twenty hours daily, yeah, and right. I, and I only have this two to four hour eating window, mm. but in that two to four hour eating window, I couldn't eat enough. <laughs> I was like so full, yeah, and 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 I was eating vegetables and and meat, so I'd have like. A thousand calories and i'll be stuffed yeah but then that's all i ate that day so i'd wake up absolutely starving and i'd be like oh I'm yeah gonna have a green tea and black coffee until i can eat and i would train before i was eating as well so i was like getting weak and this is probably when you saw me <laughs> in auckland you're like man that's this so guy funny. looks exhausted <laughs> like yeah. i was i was like just do it like because i was still at that mindset like just mm. work hard just grind it out this is good and for me that didn't work mm. but i i do give that option to people because sometimes People prefer it, like you, like not to worry about it. Just wake up, get a black coffee or whatever and just go or like mm. have water all day and all that kind of stuff. And they just, it, for some people, it helps with calorie control as well. Mm. Like people eat too much and then you just say, hey, mate, just like start eating at midday, finish at eight or six or whatever. And then they're like, oh, I'm starting to lose weight. It's like, mm. well, you've, you know, you've cut out a meal and that definitely helps for them. What other food I guess strategies have you tried? Well, I've done this. And what was your experience like? Yeah, like positive, negative. Yeah, well, I've done the six <coughs> meals thing a day because, you know, you're, you're taught, which is just not accurate. Fuel like, the metabolism. Yeah, which is... Uh, Stoke it up like a fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I did that. And then I did... Haven't tried the vegetarian route because, again, South African steakers are, you know, protein, chickens, or veggies. But I, I'm not knocking it. I used to be a bit more like, oh, that's like it's like wah wah whatever but it's not it's actually i feel good when i just eat vegetables sometimes you Mm. know and and i know it's probably better for the planet and whatnot i i do love fish i haven't tried any other diets per Mm. se and i mean there was a point where i tried to count calories but i do think a calorie is not a calorie is not a calorie like if i had 100 calories of chips my body will process 100 calories of potatoes differently or of mushrooms like it yeah i get get it but it's it still has different effects in your body so it didn't really work for me i do probably eat more calories now than if i ate like throughout the day which is really wild to say but also just for me it kind of makes me not be afraid of just eating Mm. i don't necessarily count the window i more just count the fast so if i want to eat longer i'll just do that it's not like yeah you know yeah, I feel Richard. like with, yeah, I feel like with nutrition, this is a big yeah. mistake I've made before. Is like the more restrictions you have on yourself, mm-hmm. the more you have this tendency, underlying tendency to want to rebel. Yeah, or like there's just too much restriction, so you can't handle it. I I, I had that massively. Mm. I think for me, when I was intermittent fasting, it wasn't necessarily that. It was more so the lack of calories, so the like restriction of food. Mm. And I've I've talked about this a lot, but yeah, I once restricted down to fifteen hundred and. I was doing that daily for, for like six foot yeah, guys are not, it's not three a lot. to six months, man. Yeah. I was doing cardio at night. I was lifting weights during the day and I was just like whittling away. This was w- w- uh, when I was in Morehouse. B- 
because did you feel amazing doing that oh, so <laughs> much energy yeah. man i was jumping yeah. um and i think it was because and i'm not I, I say i think because i may have misinterpreted something and i can't remember because mm. it was so long ago but i i had a feeling or i had a conversation with someone that said like you're too big from the record label from sony mm-hmm. and i was like so desperate to be successful and, yeah you know be the next one direction yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know all this kind of stuff so i wanted this kind of because i look like a rugby bro mm. like it's the, your genetics too man so it's like, yeah you know, man but yeah. but the morehouse video titanium our first one that went kind of big in new zealand mm. like my traps look huge and like i was eating whatever i wanted i was training but i felt great yeah and then after i posted it and we like had the meeting with sony and stuff like they were like hey man like you know you should kind of you mm. know, be cool if you looked a bit more you know <laughs> less like a rugby player so yeah. i took that to heart as a young like 18 year old yeah and I just did like, I did like one meal a day. I did like 1500 calories and I lost, yeah, like 21 kilos, like really quick. And that's a lot of, mm. man, like our baby's like five kilos. That's like four, you know, four, four, baby. four babies. Man. Four kettlebells. It's like <laughs> <laughs> I lost four uh, kettlebells, man. Oh, yeah. Man. So, and, and yeah, it was like, that was over restriction. And then like, but I had so much determination that I did it, mm. but I was weak. Yeah. I was lethargic. I couldn't really hold up conversations i was trying to perform and it was like off and it just wasn't a good place like i i definitely took that restriction too far and i feel like as soon as i had that moment where i was like oh i don't necessarily have to eat so little i don't necessarily have to take away all these foods i had that good food bad food mentality Mm. so i'd only have brown rice i couldn't touch white rice no Mm. way like brown bread no white bread and no carbs and i'd only have tuna and water because oil was the devil and all this kind (laughs) of stuff you know i was it was a box that I couldn't get out of. And I can actually vouch for this because I will never forget. I was telling Brock before we started recording, I went to catch up with him in Auckland ages ago and he was crossing the street and just looked so weak, like literally so <laughs> lethargic, like you're about to fall over and so thin, like you look completely different mm. and just not happy. Man, <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, I remember in Auckland, yeah. I bought a, a pair of jeans that were 28 waist well afterwards i found out they were girls jeans <laughs> and Jesus. i was just like yeah man like like well there probably is girls jeans that fit me now but i just thought mm. like like at that time it was just so crazy because it like it just fit the whole thing i was just like shopping at the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like yeah, the sizing yeah, yeah. looked more like my size where like you know generally the guy's size yeah. is bigger and i was just like man that looks like what i'd fit and i was like man 28 yeah 69 kilos i was just That's yeah so i was very lethargic man I, like yeah. like looking back i'm like man i feel sorry for everyone that had to deal with me because i thought i was doing this awesome stuff mm. like i'm so this and i'm so committed and all you guys are just lazy you know like i yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like just put myself in this weird mentality this weird world and i suffered for it like looking back now i feel like if i fueled myself properly mm. i still could have achieved a leaner physique yeah that didn't look so rugby and like done it healthily because it was like yeah it was pretty unhealthy man how did you explain it to people if people wanted to maybe say let's go and eat and if you didn't want to like would you make excuses how did you deal with uh it was lie of it I yeah guess, you know? it, it, it was bad i would just i would just say no mm. and in my head i was like it's just because i'm committed you like yeah, like yeah, i yeah. almost didn't feel guilty because i felt like i was doing s- such a good thing mm-hmm myself and like you know nate like he would take us out and he'd be like bro like i'm getting dinner 
because also I was like a poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to sound like my life was terrible, but like, I didn't have money. I was a student. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have money to go out and eat and stuff like that. He's like, man, I'll pay for you. And I was like, I, ca- I can't go. Like, I can't eat anything. Like, the, like yeah. the menu is like too high in calories. I can't eat anything. And I was just, sometimes I'd go and just have water. I'd literally just sit there and have water and have a green tea. And I was like, looking back, I'm like, man, I missed out on so many like mm. awesome memories. Yeah. I'd say no to the movies because I know that at the movies, people be like, have some popcorn, have an ice cream. And I'd just like try and avoid it. So yeah. I'd just go home and work and write songs and like do all this kind of stuff because I was like, I'm just more committed than everyone. And, uh, that's what's going to get me successful and all well, this Well, I remember stuff. because on one of your birthdays in Sydney, I think it was your first birthday in Sydney, you wouldn't have your birthday cake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, then it was real. It's When it's real to you, that's what it is. There's no other way. Mm. But hindsight, you know, for me, I used to, looking back, I can see now how bad it was. I would lie and say, oh, I've got to help my parents do this or mm. actually lie about it. Not mm. even just to kind of get out of not explaining. It's pretty bad. Yeah, man. You know? But like, it's so real to you because, yeah. you know, once again, it's it's us. It's not this thing that we're creating. It's, we have to stand on stage or we have to face the record label and say, this is my shape. And, or you have to stand in front of this modeling mm-hmm. um, like panel and then they have yeah. to go, you're too big. You know, like with modeling, especially like I've done a small bit that's, you know, nothing compared to what you've been doing. But like I got told, you know, I was too short or like, mm. you know, I was too this or I, I was too muscular. I was too big and all that kind of stuff. And like, number one, you can't change your height. So you're like, man, am yeah. I just like a bad person? <laughs> like, am I just yeah. an ugly person? Or yeah, like, yeah. Because like modeling is literally your face. It's like... It's what you look like. Yeah, like That's they'll see you and just go like, no. And be like, yeah. move. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, looks good. Oh, damn, okay. <laughs> nice to meet you. you know? Savage. And, and they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky industry to be in, man. It's also gives me perspective now because i can again zoom out and go this is just what it is like and for people going into the entertainment industry it's it's brutal Mm. and so much of it really is about things you can't control like your appearance so just keeping that in mind i'm not trying to discourage anyone absolutely go for what your dreams are and what you want also realize so much of it is going to be out of your control because it's about what you're born with it's predetermined yeah so just be careful with that yeah i think that's the beauty of social media too though because like if you don't have this like classic commercial look Mm -hmm. you can create your own show or you can you know make your own skits you can have your own tv show you can Mm -hmm. model your own clothes you can do whatever i think that's another positive thing which is really cool like yeah you know like it's like look at ed sheeran like he's not your classical good-looking dude you know he's like this like if you look from outside, like kind of like, you know, redhead guy who kind of could be look quite awkward and stuff yeah. like that. Like he's, you know, like he's blowing up. I think like, you know, not that he got known by social media, but like that's kind of cool as well to give people that kind of hope that they can do whatever they want. Because yeah, yeah it is like that, you know, like you walk in and they go, no, you're not the right look. And you're like, oh shit, man. Without like, even giving people a chance, yeah. but you can't. You I haven't can even sung yet. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're good, man. You're good. Yeah. Um, I want to wrap up with yeah. um, just three questions. Mm-hmm. First one, is there a book? And I know you mentioned uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, so that could be a good one. But um, is there a book that has made you a better person? You know, this is the Better With Brock podcast. I'm, I'm all about helping people to become better, you know, whether that's physical, spiritual, social, mental. Is there any book that's helped you to become better that's like clicked? I'd probably say the same thing, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, because it's the only book that is 
throughout my whole life has stuck with me and those principles have helped shape the man that I am today and how I approach my life. Yeah. What's like the biggest thing that you took away from that book? The power of ownership and taking action and that you can, there is so much that you can control with your time and your Mm. actions, you know? Yeah. I think one thing that I took away from it was put first things first. Mm. I think that might be point number one. I can't remember, but I still struggle with that today. If Mm. I have a big thing to do, it's really, it's really easy to send these emails that, yeah. could, that could be sent at the end of the day, but I'm like, oh, this is so important because I have to, because you're almost nervous to like make a phone call or to, to, to do whatever you need to do. I feel like that really stuck with me in that book. Um, it's, so, procra- it's procrastinating yeah. the inevitable. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but, but also yeah. you feel like you're, it's like a cheat code because you're yeah. still doing something productive. So you're like, you say to yourself, yeah, you're still like, you're still being productive. So you're all good. But deep down, if you go mm. another level, deeper you know that you're just being a mm-hmm. yeah trying to avoid it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get it yeah, yeah 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 all right second thing um what is a a quote that has helped make you better or one quote that's just like really stuck in your head that you refer back to or one that you heard that like really lit a fire to your motivation I feel like I've got like when Brock came on for Banter with BC, the thought bubbles. I'm yeah. like trying to think. I think, well, it's not a, it's something that I subscribe to, but it's, it's not like by anyone. Mm. But your value is in who you are, not what you do. That's something that I have to keep reminding myself of. And it, it's very important for me personally to stick to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, once again, because that's yeah. Like for us, it's we are almost what we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you are Barry Conrad. You are mm-hmm. the singer. You are the yeah. person. So it's yeah. I find that very tricky because I, especially when I was younger, I was like trying to achieve things mm. as opposed to be a person, like or like focus on the person who achieves those things. Yes. It was more so like. Hey Brock, who are you? And I'll be like, Oh yeah, I've done this and I've done that and I've and I like kinda of try and look back on the things that I've done as opposed mm. to like answering the question like who are you? It's also the thing about having come close to KOing, you see life in a different way, meaning like if everything's taken away, who actually are you? If mm. you if I couldn't ever be in front of a camera or have a mic or anything, am I happy with my relationships? Like Mm. what do i like to do what do i what makes me feel really happy and excited um it's not just about the things and stuff so the value i mean more that as well like who's my what's my essence like who am i Mm. and i think it's i have to remind myself of that every day because all this is it's all made up Mm. it's like i like to say that as a joke but it's like so much is made up it's like society and whatever so at the end of the day people aren't going to remember roles or songs necessarily going to be like oh well barry made me feel this way mm. good or bad or whatever indifferent you know and that takes a lot of time yeah. to search to figure out who you are because yeah. it's such a deep thing like who are you <laughs> it's like whoa man who are you brock <laughs> it's like i'm Bok. just <laughs> are you brock or are you buck yeah um one more question what is one thing you do every day that helps you become better 
one thing that I do every day that helps me to become better is verbalize something that I'm grateful for. Mm. And usually that's in the beginning of the day, not, not at the end, because then that just sets up my day and my, the way I look at the world. It's easy to go like at the end of the day, but I think at the start, okay, what am I thankful for today? Okay, just one thing, not overcomplicate it. And that puts things in perspective a little bit more and realizing because <clears throat> that also makes me go, it's not just about me. Like mm. everyone actually is busy, has problems, has worries and, and joys. So it just changes the lens of life, like how I look at life and mm. how I approach my day. Yeah. It's crazy that you say that. Cause, yeah. Because most people that I've asked say something related to gratitude. Yeah. And I developed like a, a formula that kind of came from when I was back at church praying every morning mm -hmm. to set my day up. And now I have this kind of gratitude list that I read through. Mm. And yeah, it's the same thing. It gets the, it gets the, the focus off yourself for the day. Like obviously you have to do things. So you, you are focused on yourself, but like, mentally you're looking at the day through like a something that's not like oh, okay what does brock need to do mm -hmm. it's more so like i'm so happy that i'm alive or i'm you know i'm i'm able-bodied i mm -hmm. you know i i get to do what i want through the day or yeah. you know i have a wife i have a daughter you know kettlebell and <laughs> Pratina. i have a kettlebell to swing around <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, like all this kind of stuff. And then like, I kind of focus on the things that I need to do or things that I want to achieve as mm. well. And, and I, I say these things, it's, it's so cheesy, man. And like, I say it out loud when I'm like on my own, if I'm mm. around people, I just kind of, sometimes I get, um, I get Siri to read it out to me <laughs> while I'm driving or like, you while grateful for. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. I've, cause I've written it all down yeah. and I just get her to, to read it back to me. And even that lifts my spirits. And like, I have this thing where I say like, I am this, like mm. I am hardworking. I am generous. I am diligent. Mm. I am, you know, I do what I like, what needs to be done. Like mm -hmm. type of thing. I put first things first. That's in there. Yeah. Like all this kind of stuff. And yeah. it's, it's very cheesy, but it's kind of like, you it's know, good, man. <laughs> you like yeah. listening to it like internally, yeah. your spirits like jumping around <laughs> like Rocky, like ready to go. Yeah. And then, yeah, you go into the day and you feel like optimistic. Yeah. Because I find when I don't do that, like I try to do it every day. There's days where I don't. Mm. And those days just kind of fly by and mm. I'm just like, it wasn't an intentional, purposeful day. I feel like, I don't know if you agree with this, but it's, it's all, it's like having that portion of the day at the beginning of the day that you carve out for you, for others as well. Do you know what I mean? Like you take in that time before the world can make your mind up and reaching mm. for that thing, like actually walking away or rolling sitting in bed going for the a walk to the ocean and saying whatever it is like getting Siri to read to you or being grateful for something and that sounds so cheesy to say that and so cliche but it really really does change your day mm. and yeah I, I'm a big believer in just carving out the first part of your day for yourself because you're just better for it and people are better off when mm. you do that you know so. and I think doing it before you touch your phone is, is yeah super important mm -hmm. because there's days where I'm like, oh, I'll just check my phone, check my emails and then I'll do it. And mm -hmm. then I never do it. And mm -hmm. then that is setting yourself up for something unknown. Yeah. Like, cause then you could open your phone and you don't know what you're going to see. You could see a comment that oh. says you're the ugliest 
person yeah. that does this or you're so stupid and like you don't know anything you're this and that and then your day is set by that comment mm -hmm. so it's like if you have control over that you can set the bar way up here mm -hmm. as opposed to like down here if you read a comment that says that you're this and you're that and it affects you mm. and your brain is so fresh when you wake up i feel like it's like a sponge mm. in the morning and like you know towards the end of the day you have all these things that have come into so the sponge is getting full but the first thing that you absorb kind of like dictates how that sponge is throughout the day i totally agree 100 percent mm. So where can yeah. people find you if they want to know more about what you're doing and follow yeah. you on socials? You can find me at Barry underscore Conrad on Instagram and Twitter, Barry Conrad Official on Facebook, and BarryConradOfficial.com for my website. So yeah, mm. hit there, me up. Is there, is, is there <laughs> any projects you want to talk about or, or kind of like shine light on what you're doing? Well, look forward to the We Are Lonely podcast coming out soon. For those who are old enough, look forward to erotic stories coming out very soon as well. And um, catch my show Banter with BC online yeah awesome man we'll leave it there appreciate it thanks bro cheers man good to chat <laughs>